Welcome to another episode of the Relax Just Love podcast, vegan edition. I am with Dr. Mari Mitrani. I didn't I, butcher it, didn't I? No. <laughs> How nice. you doing? <laughs> so she is the chief science officer of Organicell Regenerative Medicine. Yes, I That's am. quite the title, by the way. <laughs> so it's your business card must be like this long. Yeah, you know what? Uh, thanks to COVID, we've transitioned to digital business cards. So now it's easier. You see my face <laughs> and then everything loads into your phone. But yeah, I'm the chief science officer and co-founder of Organicell Regenerative Medicine. I am a physician scientist. So I am a MD and a scientist. So you are an MD. So you're, you are a medical doctor. You Yes. <laughs> so you were a generalist, I would imagine, or did you specialize right off the bat? Yeah, I specialize in neurotherapy. So that's my PhD in neurotherapy. So I study the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system. So you're a bit of an underachiever is what I'm hearing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I told you I'm a, I'm a big time nerd. <laughs> yeah. So why didn't you, so, so you did, uh, were you ever in a hospital setting, like helping? Because from what I, because you're, you, yeah, I mean, when you, you go through training, uh, you yeah. do have to, our last year, our internship year is a full-blown 365 days in a hospital, and you're just changing um, specialties, but you get to taste a little bit of everything, and yeah, shifts every, before the shifts were, like, um, cut down to actual normal hours, let's say. We, we were having like really, really long shifts. <laughs> I was going to ask, because I know in Quebec, I know, uh, I know a few uh, d medical doctors and they're mostly specialized like uh, anesthesiologists, for example. And they were speaking about the hours that they used to do. And it's absolutely crazy. I don't even understand how that makes any sense to do, this, do that to someone when they have to save lives eventually. How can you be that tired and still expect to perform the way you should be performing? Yeah, and I think that's why the law passed, uh, and I would say recently, it's not, not even 10 years, where um, everybody that's doing shifts have a limited amount of hours where we know and understand that no human is able to perform at their best if they have not slept. And, you know, we have to deal not only with the physical amount of work that is standing and running and doing surgery and whatever it is that your specialty is, but you're under a lot of emotional pressure, like internally, um, physician burnout this year has been very important topic. And I think finally, we're actually putting all the eyes, the heart and the specialist on it. There was just a, a summit of uh, ending physician burnout carried on two weeks ago. And it's insane because we don't get to talk about um, physician suicide and medical, like uh, people that are studying medicine, like medical student suicide levels. Are, it's insane. And, and females uh, have even an in more increased percentage of that. So it's like, it's, it's time to really narrow down what would make us uh, become a better professional. Because, and, and it's so funny because uh, uh, they were saying, imagine a truck driver or a bus driver. 
right? That's in charge of all those people. They have limited amount of hours. And here we are as doctors, our idea of thinking that we're superheroes and not humans nor normal humans. Um, but that's just how education has pushed us. But so I think uh, there'll be a better, a better future for uh, our, our colleagues um, because we deserve a little more time to rest. <laughs> I can't remember. I read there was um, a book called Why We Sleep by a neuro, what is he? I can't remember, but he, he, he actually um, runs sleep studies and he was talking about the history of doctors and how it's one single doctor that was training other doctors or other students to become doctors that started this whole thing to do like 12 hours or 18 hours shift. Just, it's like almost an ego thing. And he was saying how it makes absolutely zero, zero yeah. sense. Cause there's no way your capacities that think are there in, in an emergency situation. There's no way. Yeah. And um, I, th I think that's, that's why some, and I don't know throughout the world, you know, I, I know the U S changed that um, you're saying Canada changed that um, Ecuador where I'm, I come from uh, not much has been cut, <laughs> but throughout the world, uh, the same way all, all medical students and physicians that are going through training are put to exact same pressure and Hey, we need to open eyes and say we're not superheroes. We're still humans. And after this pandemic, I mean, it's 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 hit us all for sure. But healthcare workers, the ones in the front lines, so this has been unimaginable. I like, I really cannot. I have so much sympathy for for all my colleagues that are there. That I try to be as verbal as possible. You know, uh, we were never ever in the wildest dream trained to take on this kind of war and you know left there with no support is that one of the reasons why you didn't continue in the hospital type of setting or because you made your choice on your fifth year right I think it's fourth or fifth years that you were saying yeah uh you graduate as an MD and then you decide what you're applying for as a specialty so you have to become a, an MD to then um look for your specialty I honestly like life really threw a couple of curves <laughs> on my end and um I really thought first I, I for seven years I thought I was going to be an OBGYN um after that one year on the hospital I said there's no way <laughs> I'm going to continue this kind of life and but I was looking more into the clinical setting my my dad is a physician he has a clinic so I always did shifts there there you know day clinic so I was running their their med spa so I was really into anti-aging and do all the, the things that, that we can do and add um, and I really thought that's what I was going to do and then you know, life is beautiful and just throws you different things and so grateful it did <laughs> because where I am is is I think it's where I've always wanted to so what made you do it what made you because you said you're a co-founder of um of <clears throat> sorry organicell so what made you what made you and your partner start it so we um as we were working on anti-aging um, I met a group of uh, physicians that were working 
with stem cells. Mm -hmm. Back then it was, um, their protocols were only on the patient's own stem cell. Um, that, that's called autologous stem cells. And uh, we were able to bring all of our contacts and information from the US um, using the protocols from these physicians into a new clinic that we opened in, in Ecuador because back then we could not practice it um, in the US. It was like the rules were really, really strict. Um, just the word stem cells was like this big drama. So, my God, pretty much. Be, because it, it just, um, and it's still people don't understand that that word does not only mean stem cells don't only mean embryonic stem cells and that's what people is usually associated with so in ecuador we're able to work with the patient's own stem cells implanted to the patient to the same patient and uh, we're, we're like really that really changed our lives because we were able to impact so many so many patients and see from uh, quadriplegics paraplegics uh, strokes you name it it was like just a, a very large amount of uh, diseases that usually don't have a solution in uh, medicine and we were just improving the patient's quality of life meaning we were not curing anything but when you have a patient that cannot move their limbs arms or legs and all of a sudden they start moving them it's a miracle to them their families as a physicians everybody that that work with the case and um, that's what really moved us that's what uh, really made us say hey we're 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 into something and it's really early on worldwide and we, we should stick through this and learn, honestly, start learning what, what it is, how can we improve, what can we do to impact more and more lives. And um, that has become our mission and our vision of impacting the quality of lives of patients that ho don't have a solution in our normal, regular medicine. That's a beautiful thing. It's if you you seem to be living your your conviction, if I can say it that way. Yep. Definitely. Is that <laughs> is that why you went the vegan route? Does it have anything to do with what you found, like what it does to the body? How, how what's the as a as an MD or as used to be an MD at least? What made you change your diet, or was that beforehand? Because you said before the podcast that you were going on something like 28 years and i'm yes. not going to reveal your age but you're a bit old you have a couple more years than 28 right just a little so i i was fortunate to be raised in a family where um my my dad's a physician my mom's always helped him in the clinic so they've like always managed the clinic together and um, when my dad was in first year of med school he got introduced to a different way of treating patients more the preventative route that they usually teach us in med school and you know uh, 45 years ago or 48 years ago when he went through med school um that was very unique and he said wait there's another way to see medicine and he started really diving in and by the time they had us the kids um nutrition was one of the biggest things that he recommended to his patients to change their life Mm -hmm. um, now proof with so much scientific data 
And, um, you know, so many techniques, natural medical techniques that he learned throughout the years from different parts, different congresses and things that, that he have uh, attended to. He's a professor and he is unbelievable, but um, that is how they raised the, their kids, um, you know, in a really clean nutrition. But we still we still ate some some white meats. Uh, and when I was 13, I, I read an article about global warming <laughs> um, and um, how the, the gas impact of uh, animal agriculture actually is as is worse than all the cars and planes. And so that was 28 years ago when I so you can do the math. Damn. Oh no! You just revealed your age. Oh, no. I'm a very, I'm very proud of my age. I, I'm not. I'm, I'm okay. I'm happy. <laughs> um. So, so it, it was then when I said, wait. Even though I'm, I never ate um red meat or cow, pig. Um, I still feel like I, I am impacting on this um global warming. Like they're still, this, this chicken are producing manure. Methane is being produced from this. And if I can cut that down, why not? So I tried it for a day, which became a week, which became a month. And I'm fortunate that in my house, there's always a variety of salads and other things that was not the, the fish or the chicken, the, you know, the centerpiece, right? There was always a variety coming from Ecuador. We are very biodiverse. Our, our fruits and veggies are, you can't even imagine the color shapes forms in your everyday market, right? Um, which only happens here in a farmer's markets on a Saturday. There is an everyday constant. So it was really easy and accessible for me to make that change. And then I went through med school being a vegan uh, proving to all of my professors that uh, it was something that it was viable. Well, they're, they were teaching us to be careful with the vegans and vegetarians because they come with deficiencies. Meanwhile, everybody's dying from a heart attack. So it just did not make any sense. And I was there to prove it. I was there to volunteer, like take my blood out and run a panel side by side with one of my friends that eats all of this shit. <laughs> so yeah, always being a very loud voice. So what happened when they actually did it? When they did the run the panels? Uh, I, I, I was never deficient on anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, th it's something I've been, I haven't ate meat in like 12 years now. And I can, I still cannot believe that uh, it's still a thing that people and the worst part is that the people that normally believe that are so out of shape. The people that normally tell me, what, you're vegan? They look like they should be vegan. As bad <laughs> as it sounds, they should go vegan. Yeah, and what I say is, you know, life is so short um, and we should really be enjoying ourselves and food being at the centerpiece of, of every single culture. Um, as a physician, let's try to be 80 to 90% of including all the fruits, veggies, nuts, seeds, um, that, that will just ensure that you are uh, in a better quality of life, right? I, I hate the, the going 100 or nothing because it's not realistic. We will not, never get anywhere. Um, and, and I am here for the animals, believe me. I am here for the planet. I am here for health. So, but but I, I want to make sure that it, the 
approach is realistic and it's just incorporating more and you, and we can all incorporate more so it's interesting i think uh i was told recently that most of the vegans become vegan because of health and then the animals and then i believe it's um global effect like the 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 effect that we have on our planet uh so that's what made you do it that's interesting you're the first person i talked to that did it that way yeah i to be honest with you i did not look at the animal aspect until like really re until actually instagram became a thing and i was on instagram like really on the first days um and, and i i couldn't it's not that i did not have empathy on it i did not because we're not exposed to the reality that they live, we don't get to see it. But when you get to see it, oh hell, it, it really shakes you. You can never go back and think in a different way. I mean, uh, like to watch foie gras, like the way that they make those ducks just, they have, oh, it's just like, and everybody should be watching, right? After becoming a mom and, bearing a child for nine months in my belly and feeling that feeling and delivering the baby hello that's a whole thing and then seeing that my body produces milk for that baby i went to med school i wanted to become a OBGYN. the experience of learning and becoming were so different and I was like at so much awe at my body. How can my body actually produce a human, deliver, and then produce milk? It was like, I could not understand. And to think that cows go through that process being raped, being, they separate those babies in the first hours. They put this, this prawn and things for the babies not to approach them. I mean, I've cried as many hours as I've watched those videos, but I've made myself available to watch those videos because I think we have to watch what, what's happening because we're paying for it. So um, the more I, I think social media has played a big, big role on, on me being aware of how animals are treated. You know what I find interesting? My um, The place where I'm at right now was a rental property. I used to rent it on uh, Airbnb. And my, the, the woman that would come and clean, cause I wasn't around, she left her breast milk, uh, in my in freezer, uh, in the freezer. So she finally came up today to pick it up. And it always reminds me how you, have you ever asked people around you if they would drink the milk from a woman that they don't know every single one I've ever asked her like, Ooh, that's so nasty. They're as they're drinking a glass of milk of a cow, cow. which makes absolutely zero sense the zero drink sense. you should be drinking people are disgusted by it when drinking it from an animal that makes sense somehow somehow it makes sense well marketing played such a big role oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. that it's like i mean for me like if people are drinking coca-cola right it's just like there you go like it's just millions of dollars poured into that campaign and thank god the dairy industry is dying thank god we see the numbers going down we have people just switching into a plant-based milk come on we're 70 to 80 percent lactose intolerance because we're not baby cows <laughs> like that's interesting yeah? 
it's it's such a big large population um, of humans, a yeah. different species of mammals that we should only be drinking a certain amount of time from mama's milk. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's pretty much uh, what marketing has done to our perception. And can if you consider people that are our age, we have grown up like most of the people our age have grown up on that without questioning it. There wasn't any question in the household I was brought into. They were just, here's milk. You drink that. It's good for your bones. Yeah. I mean, I, I come from a different house yeah. where, yeah. where they, where my dad was always seen like the crazy one when we were green before green existed, when we were organic because before organic existed. And then what he always was so, loud about milk sugar you know white all the white flowers all the white salt and things like that so um i, I was i was really fortunate to to learn it firsthand and to be able to explain it to my friends because i used to go on play dates and it was like oh yeah here comes the weird one that doesn't eat meat <laughs> you still feel that way today that you're a weird one I am, I'm, I'm a very proud weird one <laughs> <laughs> because um, when in restaurants, every time they say, are you allergic to anything? And I'm, yeah, yeah, to cruelty. I'm vegan. Yeah. I'm very, very proud to say it out loud that I choose not to um, participate in everything that comes with a circle of exploiting and using and abusing animals and not only because they matter but our health matters and being a physician you know even though I'm not every day in in my office looking like with the patient's contact I'm still very much a physician we're running clinical trials with human beings and still running and analyzing a lot so you know that's just from my perspective, if we can do anything for preventative medicine, it's very, very important. So health is very important. And then we only have one planet. So if we don't start caring about it, well, we clearly are seeing what's happening. How does it frustrate you sometimes to deal with other medical doctors that still believe that eating all animal byproducts is is healthy, like it's part of a healthy diet. Does it frustrate you? Is that, it's not a trick question. It's really yeah, yes, but yes and no. Um, because again, we're all in our own journey. I, yeah. I have to. I have to <laughs> like breathe in and breathe out. And but yeah, there's so many that is like like the information is there that scientific evidence is massive it's not a little bit it's massive it's there it, there are number one killers um and uh, you know i i don't like to be the one that imposes information but i'm always very certain to say a couple of things here and there if you hear it good if you don't still good because we're still all in our own journey so you will only resonate with that <laughs> when you're ready and once you do I have never seen anybody go back in a way that they're full-blown 
into that 100% because once you know the truth, you cannot unknow it. So, and there's a lot of truths that we need to know. I think on the diet part, if you're vegan because it's better for your diet, I could see somebody going back to eating meat because most people don't stick to a diet their whole life. But if you've seen, I, I saw Earthlings 12 years ago, 13 years ago, that movie traumatized me. And that day I said, no more. I stopped cold turkey after that, that movie <laughs> and it was done. I don't know that I could never go back. I could never, there's no way you could put meat in my mouth and me just eat it like it was just food. I couldn't do it just, but it's because I do it for the animals. I don't do it. My health, it turns out to be awesome. It turns <laughs> out that it was a huge benefit, but 12 years ago, nobody was talking about that. Yeah. Even vegans were weird. I ate salads everywhere I went. Like going to a restaurant, that was not real food 12 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Today is a very different story, but. Yeah. And I, I love to be creative with that because I go out uh, for dinner a lot in regular restaurants, not vegan yeah. restaurants. Um, so I always bring my own little packs that I just add <laughs> their beans or quinoa or whatever. So whatever they have, just no cheese, no butter, no meat vegan friendly usually talk to the chef which it's it's really crazy now we're we're making a big wave <laughs> yeah i know here in montreal is absolutely crazy we have so many so many restaurants and most of them even if they're not vegan you just ask the chef to freestyle you something and they will yeah they accommodate vegans oh, even better yeah oh absolutely I agree. W which movie do you think um I, I don't want to say I, I've often wondered if we showed movies to kids because they're all full of compassion normally. Uh, do you think there's a movie we should show in school to kind of, um, I don't want to say eh, educate, I guess, educate kids on what they're actually eating. Cause you can't go too brutal where you're going to, you don't show earthlings to kids. You don't do that. That's just not right. Yeah. But do you think there's a movie? But eventually out? they should be watching yeah. that because they watch a 13. I have an 11 year old and she's yeah. already watching and reading horror movies. So why is it okay to watch a horror movie and people getting killed and murdered and just blood splatter all over and not animals? I do understand how difficult it is because they do, once they connect, they connect deep, yeah. right? Um, so, but uh I mean, this is the first time somebody asked me this question. So I would say uh, from the ground up and um, uh, game changers must be a better approach. I don't know if you watch from the ground up, but it's no, also I about athletes, um, vegan athletes or plant-based athletes uh, that were not featured on um, game changers. Game changers was more like the bigger more recognized athletes but from the ground up also has a big surreal uh, pool of uh, athletes that really changed their their life their diet and their performance through that and um i i think that that could be featured any day seaspiracy is another one that i don't i don't think that's too cruel no to uh, and i think it would make a big impact i i love what they did 
um, just to portray that a reality that we usually didn't talk about. We talked about land animals, but bro, from space, we're a blue planet and we're not talking about what we're doing to our oceans. So it's like, for me, it was like a very, very moving one. Seaspiracy is a great one. And then afterwards, people should show, uh, should watch an old documentary that's called Addicted to Plastic. I don't know if you ever heard about that. It's probably 10 years old or so, but it's funny because back then he, they weren't talking. I, I don't know that they touched on the fish industry, like the fishing industry's damage that what they're doing to the water because they are the number one pollutant of our water source and Seaspiracy talks about that, but they just talk about plastic and how the technology 10 years ago already existed to have plant-based plastic. And it's not a vegan documentary. It's just a documentary on the way we are polluting our planet with plastic. So I think combined, if you've never seen it, you should no, watch this, it. especially after watching Seaspiracy. I should rewatch it because this is, wow. If you put Seaspiracy and then you put Addicted to Plastic to Teenagers, I think they'll understand the impact that we actually have on our water yes. source. For sure. They're like, I'm telling you, I was so, I, I wanted to change the world. I want, I, and, and that's why it, that article that I read impacted me so much that I became vegan overnight that day. I said, there's no way I'm contributing to this. If planet earth is on the line, I was so passionate about changing the world. When I was a teenager, I was 13. I, I, kids can watch this. It's okay. I think it, it is. Yeah, we should be doing that advocacy a little more often with our teens. I think they should watch a few. I, I haven't watched um, animal videos in years because I don't feel the need. And even if they pop up on my Facebook or Instagram, I skip through it because I'm it I have a too, too big of a heart. It hurts me. Yeah. Like it, it deeply, hurts. deeply hurts me when when I see those videos, so I can't watch them anymore. Well, I don't want to watch them anymore. Yeah. But there has to be good ones that are based on animals. They're not as brutal as the older ones where they were just sneaking cameras. Like nobody knew they're just going there with uh, with small cameras and they're spying on what they're doing. But there has to be good ones nowadays that we could show our teenagers. I don't think there's uh, ever going to be a good one. There's not a human way of killing anybody. So it can't, it can't be sugar-coated. It can't be the way that factory farming is going. They have these chickens on top of each other. Um, Regulatory-wise, they've allowed feces to be okay, a percentage of feces to be okay in final product. Like, what are we, like, what are we, like, monsters, not animals, monsters. Of course we're animals but yeah I, there's no way there's no beautiful way to sugarcoat it <laughs> no i think you're right i because technically if it would have been sugarcoated it wouldn't have had the impact it had on me so or that's a so good many yeah, i that's think airplanes uh, has done a lot so are your kids because you have at least one child you have a daughter that's what you were saying earlier yep i have one 11 year old is she vegan? And she's vegetarian. She's uh, been raised as I was. Um, I don't want to push the agenda too much. I need her to <laughs> to do it on herself. Um, daddy, I, I don't think it would uh, go one hundred percent with daddy. And so I'm letting you know him also weigh in. 
um, absolutely restricted the things that I was restricted <laughs> when I was growing up. And um, I don't know, let's see. I mean, we're all in a different journey, even my daughter, even though I want her obviously to eat cleaner and healthier. She's still a kid, you know, she's still surrounded by an environment that, um, you know, that's, that's just how life goes. And I, I'm, she's so compassionate, so full of light and love. It, it's just a matter of time for her to do her own research, for her to come to her own conclusions. Um, so, yeah, I, I, but she is one of the only kids that eats a variety of fruits, veggies, and nuts, seeds, compared to her classmates or best friends that are only in processed foods and things like that right she she has a big appetite on on fruits and veggies that i'm so proud of <laughs> so your husband is not vegan if i get that correctly yeah no he's more like pescatarian um yeah, yeah. i mean he never was like really big in on on red meat and things like that but um i guess after joining forces with me I, not that i change him because i always like to not change anybody but uh he decided to just uh you know eat less less of uh, certain things but again we're all in our journey and i respect that so much i mean i don't like to ever say it's because of me if i have an influence of, on my friends and and my family of them eating more plants then i'm happy eating less of that's up to everybody leading by example that's me 100 percent. yes you and i both agree I, i'm not one to tell people what they can and cannot do like my girlfriend's not vegan my best friend's not vegan but i can tell you that around me they their consumption just by being around me their consumption of meat is going so low because there's this stigma that people believe that you can't have great food if you're vegan oh hell no not in 2021 <laughs> i'm such a better cook now than i was and i love to cook i'm so much better now than i was before yeah you, you get exposed to a variety of options that never you never thought you're just surrounded by those four options of dead animals and that's it and now it's like oh, wait what we have eighty thousand edible plants <laughs> like let's go <laughs> yeah for sure i got um i think we're going on on about 40 minutes or so um, already oh yeah it goes it always goes by fast <laughs> i'm always watching the time because it gets uh it can go by very fast yeah but i gotta ask you a question i always ask the same question um if you had a chance to speak to your 14 year old self what would you tell her? Whoa, just keep going. You're going to, you're killing it and you're going to keep killing it. Um, you know, I've always lived to this motto of living every second as if it's my first and last one. And um, that motto has not changed. And I really, every day that I wake up, I'm very grateful, very grateful at what I have, what I have you're what? With... 
<laughs> yes. Uh, and um, even in this pandemic, that has been extremely hard. And I, it has been hard for the entire planet, mm. not for one group or another. And um, that has not that, that has been for me as well. And mental health has been at the line, but still there. I have to focus on the good because there's a lot, a lot, a lot of things to be grateful for. So I am still I, I, I still feel like I'm that crazy teenager that wanted to change the world. So that's how I feel internally, like a little kid that still wants to change the world. But that's good. No, who who wants to be normal if you get to be weird? Weird is way better than being normal either way. So it's all good. Yeah, and I, I break a lot of, well, a lot of the stigmas there, being a female, being and looking young, being an immigrant, being working in an area where we're in the cutting edge of regenerative medicine. So being able to accomplish what we've accomplished this year with the company, it's like pretty surreal. Being able to sit at panels with big pharma and talk big shit, <laughs> you know, talk the big talk. Um, it's, it's, I'm here to break all, <laughs> all of the norms. <laughs> very, very good on you. I, as I was telling you before the podcast, I just found I never know. Is it a Facebook? Is it an Instagram page, an Instagram profile? What is it? I never know how to call it. Is it? Is it called yeah, a page? Is it a called page. a profile? It's a page? Yeah. Uh, I found your page and you just, uh, you were, as I was saying, you were getting accepted. You got a research. I think you were submitting papers for research. And got accepted. You get, <laughs> and that's exactly the face that you made. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> he, Yes, that's I why see. I wanted to talk to you. That's exactly <laughs> because of that face. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah, um, it, it's big. Um, I don't underestimate any of the accomplishments that we have uh, had this year. And, you know, as a researcher, as a doctor, we look for those publications. So one more is, is always amazing. You uh, seems like you're doing exactly what you should be doing and you're being successful <laughs> at it hard work congratulations <laughs> on that i'm always happy to see uh, good people do what they're supposed to be doing and succeeding at it thank you no thank you and thank you for a platform like this because i think we as i said we need more more spaces where we can all talk to each other and be real i, I like to show the human aspect we tend to get uh, too stuck into what we do We tend to forget who we are behind uh, the role that we play in whatever company that we own or that we work for. So I like the human aspect. Thank you for um, for being, I don't want to say honest because I, I got a feeling you're honest pretty much all the time, but you're, uh, thank you for showing your, your human side. I always appreciate that. Oh, of course. I'm, I'm like this. Uh, I'm an open book. So yeah, no, thank you for, for, for the space one more time. Thank you very much. Thanks again for doing this. <laughs> My pleasure.